uh, welcome to the Celesto Show. Today I have Julian Birch, and we are just going to talk about self-improvement and his journey. So, so welcome. Can you tell a bit about yourself? Um, thank you for having me on. Uh, my name is Julian. I'm 19 years old. I'm from Germany. And yeah, I have a self-improvement YouTube channel. And I just like, you know, working out, going to the gym, reading just all the, the standard self-improvement things. It's really kind of my lifestyle. And yeah, I'm, I'm blessed to be here. Yes, that's, that's very nice, man. So it's very similar to what I do, you know, also just the nutrition and the fitness, basically like the, the basic self-improvement stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you see a lot of people doing that, right? But what is your personal reason for doing this? How, how, you, how did you get there? So pretty much, if you want, I can tell like my whole story to how I found the self-improvement. It's kind yeah. of like... When I was 14 years old, I kind of, like in Germany, it's the way that you switch classes because you can, like, at least in my school, because you could choose like different kind of topics that you want to focus on in school. And so yeah. when I was 14 years old, I had to switch classes and I was like extremely lonely, didn't have any friends back then. And yeah, it was like a very depressing time for me. But then I found like a new group of friends. But basically the group of friends I found, they weren't really good people to hang around. You know, they were very toxic, manipulative. And we used to do like a lot of the bad habits. Like I got into drinking because of them. And like, I mean, 14 is quite early to start drinking alcohol yeah. and that kind of stuff. Um, and I pretty much did all of that for like the summer of 2017, like when I was 14. And then I actually had my first girlfriend in a way like uh, there was like a girl I fell in love with and she ended up breaking my heart by the end of the summer and after that I just spiraled down into like a, a deep pit of like the uh, depression despair uh, like it seemed like everything was just falling on top of me in my life like my friend group fell apart um, actually one of my former friends started bullying me and I had like all these different things and I didn't know about like the good habits back then I didn't know that you could deal with your problems in a healthy way and so what I did is I went down the degenerate path even more like I started drinking more alcohol and being like a little more of a degenerate as I said and eventually like my parents found out and they grounded me for it and they said like you know Julian that's not okay like you're way too young to do all of these things and I think that was actually the best thing that happened to me because it gave me time to reflect and to to think about other things I could do and that's when I kind of discovered the the self-improvement niche back then like it wasn't really big like the first video that kind of got me in that direction was like a video about meditation and so I started meditating and from which amazing. creator from what youtuber was that um, it was like a german channel but pretty much I did like a a guided like chakra meditation because I saw it in like the the tv show um the last airbender you know Oh God, it's so nice that you you're also into that, man. That's like one of my favorite series. Yeah, man. That's yeah. It's my favorite series, honestly. Yeah. Oh, nice. And yeah, that, that kind of inspired me to um to take that path. And then I feel like that kind of marked like the beginning of my journey. And from then on, I realized okay, there's like better things to do, more healthy things to cope with your with your sadness or with like with your negative emotions and so then over the summer like I started socializing more I got really 
deep into volleyball like i used to play volleyball in a club and then to get better i started working out and i found all these other youtube videos about like nofap about taking cold showers like the benefits from it and back then for me it was more like a thing to get better at volleyball but it kind of took over my mind because i started to see progress and i started to see okay this this feels amazing living like that and that's kind of like how i got into self-improvement by you know finding better habits that i could replace with my old habits with my old despair and that's kind of the beginning of my journey when i was like 15 16 that's when i really got deep into it when i started working out when i started as i said no fab taking cold showers um all of that stuff and then from then on just just kept doing these things for the next three four years and that's where we are right now nice man so so it started it started with spirituality with the meditation yeah yeah and how did that go in, at the start because meditation is quite one of the hardest habits at least for me it is it still is because i mean you, you got to be silent and this is very difficult for me so it started with that how did that go honestly it's it was great because as i said i did like this these guided meditations for the first time and I felt so amazing like I kind of had like a the first time I did it had like a out-of-body experience almost where I felt like I was floating above my body and that was really like that felt so insane to me and therefore because I had like a very positive first experience with it because I just I felt like I was high without drugs almost in a sense and because you know I had that strong first positive experience meditation was like my favorite habit for the next couple of years and I kind of changed things a little like I started to do more meditations with just music and like currently I'm just I'm just silent like no music whatsoever but for me it was as I said it was very easy to get into it because that first contact was very powerful yeah oh so you really had a like a very spiritual experience the first time exactly yeah okay because um, like I noticed that uh, there's some sort of desire in me when I meditate that it's gonna like give me something like that i always have some sort of desire in my head of it making me feel better or that it changes something in me like it's it's hard for me to just sit there be silent and don't do shit right yeah um but did you go in there with expectations or desires do you go in there with with that or is it just part of your practice of getting silent inside yeah, yeah, I think that's that's it for me that I really started to fall in love with just silencing my thoughts. And when you when you experience like mindfulness on that kind of level, when it's the first time that your mind just goes blank and you're just completely engaged in the moment, that like for me, as I said, that got addicting to me in a good way. Like I wanted to be in the present moment. I wanted to just sit there, take the experience of life in without actually you know, having to deal with all these thoughts, all these anxieties, whatever. And mm. so for me, it was always about the, the mindfulness. And as I said, like, just because I had such a positive first experience, I always looked forward to it because I wanted that feeling again. I wanted to get that natural high that I got from it. And yeah, like just silencing my mind, just when your mind goes blank, that was kind of the feeling that I was chasing after for me. It wasn't like a desire to achieve more. It was just a desire to be here right now. Okay. And so it started with meditation and like on the topic of spirituality, like, have you, have you done shit like 
astro traveling or something or lucid dreaming or maybe some shit with psychedelics like have you have you gotten into that as well um well i tried lucid dreaming for like a half a year but it never worked for me um and i used to be i used to do these meditations that, that were about like astro traveling and shit but i don't do that anymore and Honestly, I'm, I'm open to, to doing psychedelics sometime in the future. I think it's a very interesting concept. Um, like from what I've heard other people talk about their experiences and their, um, yeah, what it did to them, I think it's, it's a cool way. So I will definitely um, consider doing like something like that in the future. But for me right now, it's, it's only meditation pretty much. Okay. And, and how much time are you into your journey right now? Because you said you started around 15, right? Yeah. So I'm 19 right now. So that's like four years. Nice. Nice. And and now you're, now you're into your purpose of like, is YouTube part of what your purpose is going to be? Do you want to yeah, do something with so. this? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think the, the grand dream the grand plan for my life will involve youtube will involve being a leader and teaching young men like not just general self-improvement i want to niche down a little more because i feel like just the the general kind of scene is too too um too overcrowded but definitely youtube will involve my my purpose and me giving to the world what i can to make it a better place yeah and i feel like that's definitely very necessary right because um i mean i i also have a whole story of you know how, how i ended up doing self-improvement right and i feel like the amount of suffering that's in our society right now is just insane to the point where if i'm correct i've heard that one out of three americans is taking some form of medication to ease their pain psychologically yeah. um and just all the shit that's going on, like with pornography, right? It's it's just insane. So it's it's hard to find a way to to deal with the emotions that you are feeling, right? Because that that's that's why people are addicted, because they yeah. can't cope with it the right way. So because you you have been addicted to to alcohol, right? You said alcohol. Yeah, it wasn't really like a addiction, but it was definitely it was definitely unhealthy to a point where I was relying on it. Like not in a way that I, as I said, that I was craving and that I was like hurting when I didn't have it, but it was kind of like subconsciously my escape in a way. Yeah. Okay. And and what about gaming and pornography? I have to say, I never really was that much of a gamer. I would say like when I was younger, like, you know, like everyone used to play video games when you were younger, like Minecraft and these kind of games. Like it's, I think, I feel like it's like, like from the the people I know, like almost everyone played it. And like, I used to play Minecraft a lot when I was like way younger, when I was like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12. Um, but then like pretty much like, you know, I said like kind of like 14 was like the, the turning point for me. And because mm-hmm. I used to hang out with friends a lot, I wouldn't really go to video games that much. And it's the same for me with pornography. Like I, I struggled with like fapping as the habit, but not really with pornography. So for me, it was quite easy to to start my nofap journey because I wasn't really that deep down. I wasn't really, you know, consuming like did this content for like hours a day. So I feel like I'm quite blessed to not have these addictions that it was only like 
other unhealthy habits for me because I know what what pornography does to your brain nowadays. Yeah. And everybody watches it. Every every young man is on that. Yeah, like yeah. eleven year old uh eleven year old boys that are checking that out and talking about it with each other. It's just insane. Yeah. So but but primarily because like have you been through a lot of pain before before you started the self-improvement or or not really that much well i would say the biggest pain before that was kind of like as i said like the the girl that i was in love with broke up with me and then after that i got bullied by a former friend of mine so i feel like that was kind of the period where i was experiencing a lot of pain like kind of when i when the, the summer of 2017 was over and school was starting back again, it was kind of like everything crumbled at the same time. As I said, like, I got my heart broken. My friend group split apart. Um, I got bullied. And then also my mom had, like, some medical condition that was really bad at that time. And so that was kind of, like, mm. all crushing down on me. And as I said, I didn't know better than to just, you know, be a degenerate and drink alcohol. Um, but that's kind of, like, the... The lowest point i would say that that compelled me then to to see the light after that again to climb out of that rod again so it was just a lot of pain like in one moment altogether exactly yeah and then like the 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 childhood that you had like because you said you weren't very lonely right yeah no, my, my childhood was actually pretty um pretty protected like I had a pretty good childhood. I think the only thing that kind of that's kind of still haunting me from my childhood is uh, when I was six years old, someone broke into our house and that gave me really bad anxiety. Um, but apart from that, I think I actually I went through a very untroubled childhood in comparison to what other people have experienced. Okay, so uh, like for for a big part, self improvement is also. Uh, a big step there is to integrate your past, right? And to learn like about your behavioral patterns and, and your addictions and the way you cope with emotions, right? So w- would you say from what you have been through that you really like still have wounds that you need to cure about the way you deal with emotions and things like that? Definitely, yeah. It's actually, I just started, um, or like I'm currently working on a series that's, covering that topic on my channel it's called no more demons and it's pretty much me going in on the wounds and all the the trauma from my past that i've experienced to to heal that because i realized i had like a lot of subconscious patterns that were holding me back especially the last year and so i definitely have these wounds these demons as i like to call them that are haunting me from my past and i'm currently trying to work through that and you know, let, let go of the past, kind of untangle that from from personality so that I'm more secure, more safe in myself. Okay, and how have you found out that you, like, have traumas? Because I see a lot of people that kind of deny about it. Um, like, even people who are addicted, which is very much related to the way you cope with emotions. Like, yeah. have you, like, read books about it? Have you seen it online? How did you discover it? for me actually like i i always had kind of a very analytical mind and i was very good at like analyzing like psychological behaviors in myself and in others and so i think the way it came about for me is that i 
was very mindful of my behavior. Like when I started to look inward, when I started to analyze, okay, why am I getting addicted to social media? Why am I, you know, every time there's like a, a challenge in my life, why am I running away from that and like kind of trying to escape with pleasure? When I started to be mindful of that, when I started to journal that down, I kind of realized the patterns. And then from then on, I was able to just do a lot of inner work to kind of find that out. And then when I realized these traumas were there, that's when I really started digging in and like reading books about it, trying to consume content about it, because I believe trauma is something that's is really holding you back if you haven't dealt with it. But I would say for myself, I, I just was able to put the points together very well in my own life. Like, as I said, I realized, okay, there's like a pattern of myself that is very unhealthy because I always end up doing the same bad habit over and over again and I can't seem to break that pattern and so when I started to analyze it when I started to journal that down okay I feel that way and then that's the reaction and then why am I feeling that way that's kind of how I found out for myself what's holding me back and why I'm why I am the way that I am okay so what, what were the main patterns that you that you fall into still um the biggest one for me is pretty much avoidance so pretty much there's a, an emotional pain that I'm feeling or like a, a subconscious fear. So for, for example, I used to be a really ch uh, shy child. Um, I used to, you know, not really like to talk to people or something. So for example, when I had like a, an important call to make or like had to make a decision that was involving my future, I was always afraid of that because I was always afraid of the responsibility. And so my response to that would be that I didn't face it directly, that I didn't, you know, just pick up the phone, make the call or like, you know, do the thing that would benefit my future. But I would always, you know, look at it, the pain would come up and I would put it away and I would start like watching Netflix for like four hours. And that was kind of like the, the coping mechanism that I didn't yeah. want to deal with the pain. And so what I did is I was numbing myself with pleasure to the point that I was so overstimulated that I didn't even think about it anymore. And so that was kind of like my escape. And like, that's, that's the biggest thing I realized in my life that I was always avoiding things that way. That's always the same pattern, like emotional pain. And then it's me not confronting that pain, me not confronting that fear, but as I said, escaping into some sort of addiction, which for me was like the last two years was mostly like social media and Netflix. Yeah, now the, the escaping resonates with me a lot. I, I, I do that as well. Uh, like still, if it gets hard right now, then a lot of times I still have the urge to to watch porn. For me, porn was the biggest thing. I've been addicted yeah. to gaming for a long time as well. Um, I played like video games like eight hours a day because on the video game, I was like really the cool guy, you know? Uh, because in real life, I was very miserable. Like... Um, uh, because I, I've been very lonely for most of my life. So what, what the porn did for me was it gave me sort of an easy access to to the love that I didn't get. Um, yeah. So like I would literally come home and watch porn right away, like to just deal or actually not deal with the stress of the day to kind of suppress the things that I was feeling. And I notice now that... Um, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I've been kind of noticing myself falling into a pattern of, uh, which is actually one of the most difficult things I've been dealing with, is that like when a feeling arises, especially a negative emotion, it's hard for me to kind of accept what I feel. 
Um, yeah. And I think that very much resonates with you because it's very difficult, of course. Um, and there's a part of me that understands that emotions are messengers and that I have to listen to them because they all always have something to tell me. But I noticed that I put a lot of shame on myself and I noticed that I have to perform in a certain way in order to kind of give uh, love to myself. So that means that yeah. if, if I don't do this hab- these habits, if I don't read all these books, go to the gym, eat healthy, um, so basically overachieving and chasing things, then I don't deem myself worthy. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm really starting to get more conscious of all these uh, kind of patterns that are playing out within me right now. And it's, it's very special to go on that journey. And I use several things to deal with that. And, you know, over the last couple of months, I've been primarily uh, busy with like spirituality. So meditation is really something I'm focusing on right now. Uh, but I'm also busy with the trauma release exercises. Have you ever done something like that? Um, I want to get into it, but like I've, I've read like a, a few books about it, but I haven't really, really done the exercises yet. So what, what kind of something. books have you read? Um, the first one was What Happened to You by Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Perry. Um, it's pretty much, it just explains how trauma affects like society at large and like the individual and stuff, but it didn't really go into healing. And okay. then the other one that I'm reading, which is very interesting, and I think like you are interested in trauma and healing as well. It's called No Bad Powers. It's by I, I don't know the the name of the author, honestly. Okay. Just just Google No Bad Powers. It's about how pretty much our concept of the mind is wrong. That we think we have only like one mind, like there's only one part to it. And he says there are like multiple parts, and you can talk to them, and they all have their own purpose. And so, for example. You have like protectors who want to protect you from this emotional pain. You have exiles. It's, these are kind of the powers that actually deal with the pain. And then the protectors want to protect the exiles. And therefore they develop like some sort of coping mechanism. And it's like really interesting to Yeah, to it sounds about. interesting. Yeah, like yeah. I would definitely uh, recommend you, you check that out because it's, it kind of blew my mind for the first time. You always think like, you know, when you, when you listen to the internal dialogue and you hear like, yourself talking to yourself and you always think that's just you it's like it's actually not you it's like different parts arguing and trying to win control over how they're going to proceed and if you will have a lot of like parts that are hurt like he says like like these these are the parts that are like kind of trapped inside of you the exiles as he calls them mm-hmm. um like if you don't deal with them if you don't um you know go to your parts and make sure that they're okay that's they don't have to protect you anymore because you can deal with the pain then you will never release these these negative habits and so i think it's a very interesting book about about trauma and like understanding the minds and your psyche better so if you're interested in that i would definitely recommend you check out that book yeah you can send it to me i will definitely check it out yeah i have a lot of books here uh, actually i can show you <laughs> like i have a whole bookshelf here but it, primarily what i read about is trauma um okay. it's like kind of my main interest uh, because I, I feel like that has um, benefited me the most, you know, working on that. Um, because I noticed that, and it's hard for me to accept that, but there's just still a lot of pain in, inside of my system that I need to deal with. And as I said, 
uh, as I am saying it now, I feel that that I I cannot fully, you know, relax into that and be like it's okay. Um, and that yeah. just tells me that I still have a lot of work to do. Um, and it's just the the process of oh shit, I can hear myself. What? <laughs> okay, no, no, it's gone now. I, I heard a robot voice. That was great. <laughs> No, it. Oh, what I wanted to say was, it, it's just the process of. Like I can see myself growing immensely, but I noticed that because I have just this universal desire that everybody has of wanting to kind of achieve a state of superiority, that I can't really still accept the things I feel or the struggles I have, um, no. and like I noticed that. Over the past few months, I, I've really made big steps in that. But it's just, I just can't seem to get over the fact that I still have work to do. For some reason, for me, it's very hard to accept that. Yeah. You feel it's, it's always difficult to, uh, to admit to yourself that you still have powers of yourself that are hurt and to, to actually go feel the pain. That's, like, that's, that's the interesting part, right? That you have these coping mechanisms that's, you don't naturally just feel the pain and then release it, but that you kind of bottle it up inside of you and build ways to not feel it. And like, it's, it's kind of natural for humans, but it's still, it's, it's really interesting to me how, how that works out with the mind and how, you know, like experiences from your childhood or whatever can still haunt you and like come back for you after years after they happen, because, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. as you said, like, it's very hard to give yourself that unconditional love and to forgive yourself for, the things you've been through yeah so i mean for for me like it has helped a lot for me to to work on on my uh on my habits you know like going to the gym uh eating healthy and that, that's been really going well like I, I have no struggle at all getting consistent with that but it's it's the healing process now that's right now it's becoming so intense like i have i faced like these small pains within me and now I feel like I'm moving toward the bigger demons. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a very s- sort of scary path because I really feel like I'm going into, into the hell kind of to face those demons and then to kind of be reborn into, into myself. Yeah, um, I can, can relate. Yeah. And, and part of my journey in that is that since recently, I've also been into psychedelics. And right now it's, it's mainly, uh, I've been microdosing a little bit. I don't know if you've heard anything about microdosing. Yeah. 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 So, so that, that helps me to um, get into a flow state, uh, be more relaxed into my body, but I also combine it with, um, with uh, psychotherapy because that's what I, okay. I've been doing as well. Like, have you done any form of therapy already? I haven't. No, but I definitely, oh, sorry just knocked over my microphone <laughs> uh, i definitely consider doing some sort of therapy um like especially the the kind of therapy that's it's uh, described in this book uh, no bad parts it's called the internal family system that's something i think i would be interested in doing oh i, I know about that uh that kind of therapy oh the, the meeting will end in 10 minutes it says yeah yeah, like I feel like for me personally, and like just for uh, for everybody, like because I'm actually uh, I study psychology at a university, I feel like therapy and like that's the best uh, the best kind of 
description I've, I've heard for it is that right now you're using, like if you, if you think of yourself in life as like it's someone who is like driving a car, right now you're using kind of like the, the bumpy kind of uh, the way that's not really, you know, like the normal streets where you can just drive really fast and it's just smooth. You can just go fast, go quick. And there's like no turbulence as you're kind of like in this rocky road. It's like not us, it's, um, it's like all dirty and shit. It's not, like not a proper road, right? And the best of definition I've heard is that kind of what you're doing with therapy is like you're building like a proper road next to us. Like you, you're building a better way to travel down that road. And like the old path will still be there, but you can choose to, you know, pick the new one that you built that allows you to go smoother, allows you to move forward better instead of you know always having to go this this kind of weird path that's not really that's not really safe there were like a lot of rocks and shit and you have to go like very slow mm -hmm. so yeah for me that's definitely something that i want to consider in the future yeah like uh, I, i've heard that um what happens if you go into therapy is that you return to who you've always been so like just your actual self so that means that you know the identity that you stick to right now is just something that has created that has been created because of information that you've gathered throughout your life right all this the things that you've learned the patterns that you've acquired things that you believe in but it's, it's really when you let go and understand where these things are coming from that you can return to who you actually are um yeah. And that's what happens with therapy. Like you become a person, an actual person that can, you know, take care of himself, understand himself, be being able to regulate your emotions. Um, and for me, that that's been the a very rewarding path to to discover, like, okay, this is what's actually happening in inside of me. And I noticed that um, it keeps going deeper. And even like yeah. I'm, I'm working with it physically right now as well. That's that's what I meant with with trauma release exercises. I'm, I'm also working with the physical part of it. Um, so there, there's some sort of exercise where you where you put your uh, like th these are these are your feet, right? You, yeah. you put them like this against each other. Um, so then your legs are like this. And then yeah. what happens is you, you start shaking at some point, and that's sort of a somatic um, full body trauma release that you trigger then. So if there would be a bird that would fly to your window right now, he would fall down and just lay there. And at some point he would breathe very deeply and then he would shake very heavily. And then after that shaking, he would stand up, look around and he would fly away again. And what, yeah. what happens then with that shaking is that he releases the trauma from what he had just experienced. So it's very crazy. Uh, like I, I learned this method in, in therapy. And right now I'm, I'm doing that almost daily that I just like combine it with meditation or something. And it just feels like all the pain is, is like being shaked out of you. It's very yeah. crazy. Um, and for me, the physical part was was you know, very much of a, a problem as well, because I've been physically ill for a big part of my life as well. Okay. Um, like I had an autoimmune disorder. That's a, it's a disorder where your body attacks itself. 
and in my case it was my eyes so i could get blind because of that uh and oh, I, I yeah and i had to like take uh take pills that suppress my immune system so that means that i became like a very uh weak guy right uh, yeah. And I took those pills for six years or something like that. And then eventually, like just what happened to you, it's that eventually all this pain built up, right? I had my parents, uh, you know, being at the edge of their relationship. Uh, I, I was bullied. Uh, I was depressed, addicted, everything at the same time. And then eventually it was too much. And at that moment, there was something that clicked within me. And then I discovered self-improvement as well. And that's, that's really kind of what, what saved my life because I, I really was at the point of killing myself then. Oh, damn. Sorry. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very deep. Um, and then it, it was actually very funny because I, I discovered this stuff um, through a guy who um, it, it was more of how I started was also with spirituality, but more of the matrix type of stuff of like, okay. Uh, black people with durags saying that we are stuck inside the matrix and you shouldn't drink fluoride because it changes the structure of your brain. <laughs> that, that's the, okay. the people who woke me up, kind of. Uh, it's very funny uh, because it, it, it was also a very toxic phase that I was in, but it was also very beneficial, you know, because they, they do have things that are actually true in that. And, and I see that Andrew Tate talks a lot about the matrix as well. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, that's a very good topic as well uh, Andrew Tate I find him very interesting like especially his things about masculinity or like what, what are your thoughts on that what does it mean to be a man well I have to say I agree with a lot of things that Andrew Tate is preaching especially his um, his message to young men about you know how to deal with depression and kind of like making a, a positive impact in that kind of realm but there are like also a lot of different things that i disagree with him so i've kind of mixed feelings about him honestly i like that he's kind of like the main role model of bringing masculinity back right now because we needed that change however yeah, I don't we know needed if he's that. like the the healthiest leader for for that kind of um for that kind of movement because like as i said there are a lot of different things i disagree with i think he's preaching a lot of like he's he's kind of turning young men into degenerate saying like oh you should have like five or six women and uh i don't know like for me personally that doesn't align with my with my beliefs so yeah and he has yeah, a big ego too right i mean yeah. I, I think i think he's kind of an asshole as well but that that's what makes him like that's that's what makes him like his character right i feel like he's some also kind of playing a character online exactly yeah but it's, uh, I don't know, I kind of see him as the, let's say, the sort of leader of masculine activism. Because I feel yeah. like we, we really need something just like feminism, but then for masculinity. I don't really feel like it's officially there yet, right? Yeah. Um, but there, there is really a need to push back because I feel like we are at a point in our society right now where it's it's all about being gay and and feminism and it's yeah. it's just it's just crossing a boundary at this point it's too much so i don't feel like there's uh, you can't be a man you're being shamed for that no 
Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I, I had this discussion on a Discord the other day where someone asked, like, what do you think is the biggest thing holding young men back? And one of the guys said that we're pretty much being programmed from the time where young men, like from time where like even boys in the school system, it's like always against our masculinity is right. Like you stand up for yourself, you are, you're a little louder and like boys are naturally just more energetic. They, they can't really like learn the same way that girls do. And so from the very early age on, we're being punished for being that way. And so I think that's, that's really, it's really sad to see because when you start to get into these online communities, you see that all of the young men, they're struggling with this. And it's just heartbreaking to see how most of us, they have never learned what it means to be a man. And even worse, they've been punished for that. They've been told that that's something toxic. And I know for myself, yeah. that brought a lot of problems in my life. Yeah. We, we have no masculine role models. It's just, just femininity everywhere. Also, exactly. uh, also the men are feminine. So it's very sad. Yeah. So you see a lot of boys are suffering under the fact that unfortunately they are not being, how you say that being encouraged to find their masculinity. Right. Yeah. And, and also just the definition of masculinity is sort of being weakened to the point where even the, what I would say, the universal laws of masculine and feminine energies, you know, as they describe it also in the, in the way of the superior man. Have you read that book? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've listened to it on, on YouTube. It's actually like a free audio book that you can listen to. It's very nice. Yeah, I've done it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was great because uh, a, l- a lot of books that I'm reading and like I'm, I'm first just searching it on YouTube to see if it's free there. And there's yeah. actually a lot of books there just to, to, to read for free. So pro tip. Um, <laughs> but but I've read that book and there's a lot of things that I agree with. It's, it's just the, the fact that they're just masculine and feminine energies. And it seems like... Um, just the characteristics of those energies are also being denied just like the masculine energy like they're not even talking about those energies anymore it's it's all about like equality and softness like to the point where even discipline is being seen as toxic yeah. um, so i feel like uh, like i was thinking about that today actually like here in the netherlands we we did have some some kind of uh duty that when you were 18 you had to go to the army to kind of uh, have a training there. Like, how do you call that in, in uh, America? You guys have that as well? Um, we don't like, have something like, we used to have something like that in Germany, but it's not mandatory anymore. Like, you can just go there if you want to, but it's not, it's not yeah. that you have to do it. Yeah, I, I feel like it would be so good if that would be mandatory. What are your thoughts exactly. on that? Yeah. Yeah, I have, a, I have a friend who's in the army and I think like for me personally, I think I would enjoy something like that, but it wouldn't, I wouldn't need it necessarily because I was disciplined before that and like I, I wasn't quite a strict routine before I turned 18. Um, but for example, for my friend, he never really was, was disciplined or like had a, like a strict routine and followed orders and that kind of stuff. So for him, I think it was very good to just experience that, to experience the discipline you build in the army. And 
you know, to get your shit together, to take responsibility. So I think a lot of young men could benefit from that. Yeah, it's like uh, I've seen that. I've, I've read a symbolic story about that, which was actually very difficult for me to understand. It's from a book called Iron John. It's okay. uh, written by Robert Bly. He's like a Jungian therapist. Y you might have heard about uh, Carl Jung before. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan Peterson talks about him a lot as well. Uh, but but I, I saw there that they said that for a man, it's essential that at some point he's being taken away from the mother, so from the feminine, and that he goes into the wild with the man to get his initiation into manhood. Exactly, um, yeah. So that's what they call the Iron John. So he goes on the shoulders of a man, of a wild man, and he goes into the woods to like explore the unknown. And I really feel like, you know, if we would have that mandatory thing of men having to go to the military to kind of get their initiation into what it means to be a man, like getting discipline and working hard, I feel like that would benefit us so much. But I can never imagine that that, would shit, that, that shit would come back. It would never happen. No. It's yes, very like sad. We used to have these rites of passages for young men to go through. And I think a lot of the times these, if you look at it in other cultures, it was about overcoming fear and like standing your ground and learning that, you know, just because there's no one else there to help you doesn't mean that you won't get it done. Like, you know, if you were, if you're out in the wild by yourself, you have no choice but to survive, right? So I think a good example I always think about is kind of like they used to, they used to take the Spartan boys like very early from their families and raise them into warriors. And I think one of the tests that they did was just throw them out into the wilderness on their own, just with a spear and no food whatsoever. And they had to survive on their own. So they had to like fight like wild animals, like wolves and shit. And they had to hunt their own food. And like, you can really, like, if you think about it, like when you experience something like that, you come back of the, out of that, like as a grown man, like you've looked death in the eyes, you really struggled for your life you really had to fight for your resources and that makes you sound into like a masculine man right you know okay yeah i've stood my ground there i stood my ground against death against you know all the the things in life that can kill me and that's what gives me confidence to go into the world and pursue whatever i want to do and follow through yeah. on a mission bro this this fucking brutal as fuck that they just throw him into the wild like <laughs> no you're gonna yeah. survive with the wolves and then he has to come back at some point yeah yeah, but but it's it's very true. Like I feel like, you know, like things like trauma, they really ask for the proper integration. Um, but I also feel like, if you are not traumatized as a man, that you are not a man. I really feel yeah. like it's an essential part of, you know, having to go through that struggle, and that's what Andrew Tate said as well. Like he he wants his kids to go through trauma. He wants his boys. To grow up broke and having to like run eight miles to the gym instead of him bringing them with the car so it's it's kind of when, when i read these books of psychology it's all about like uh giving the right emotional support to your kids right so 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 they will not develop any bad behavioral patterns um but i i also partly feel like they should go through pain so it, no. it's, right now I'm, I'm kind of finding my way into that. Like what, what is the right balance between that? 
um, because the giving that love and support is also just part of the feminine energy. And of course, it's it's important to find that balance in a man because like what what for you does it mean to be a man? Is there a general thing about this is a man or is that just something that's toxic? If we would have a general structure of, okay, this is a man and this is a woman. I would say first off, men are not born, they're made. So like just because you turn 18 and you're like, a legal adult doesn't mean you're a man. You have to go through challenges. You said you have to go through trauma. And for me personally, a man is someone who takes care of his family, who provides, who protects, who suffers for the good of others, who is willing to ta- to lay down his life in the pursuit of uh, achieving justice in the world and of helping out those who are weaker than him and standing up against bullies, standing up for those who, who can't help themselves. So for me, really, the essence of masculinity is about protection and about, as I said, helping those that are weaker than you, standing up for your family. Like if there is like someone breaking into your house and he's, he's coming for your family, like you go down there and you try to, you know, take it down the intruder, even if that means you die. For me personally, that's what's, what it means to be a man, to just be fearless when it comes to protecting those you love. Okay, and what, what, what does it mean to be a woman? Because there's, there is a lot of difference between that, right? Like, I feel like because we come from the masculine perspective, we, of course, can't really say what it means to be a woman. But there is a difference, right? I feel like even that difference to this point is being kind of pushed down. Like, no, it's not a difference. No. That that's kind of what I feel like is going on right now. But but what what is the difference? What, what does it mean to be a woman then? Well, I'm not a woman, so I can't really say it like that. Like I can just give my personal opinion. Like I don't know what the women think about this topic. Mm-hmm. But for me, like a woman is like a adult female human who can give birth to babies, and therefore her her natural role should be to love and nurture you know, the baby and the people around her to, to give love to, like, that's the, something that it said in the way of the superior man, right? The feminine is all about the the flow of love. It's about, yeah, yeah, like just having that flow, having that good energy, nurturing that, giving that out to other people. And for me personally, it feels like when I'm in touch with feminine energy, it feels like a, like a light. It's so inspiring to me to see that and to feel that. And that's really like, how I would describe the feminine, how I would describe the, the role of woman is to kind of, you know, go on, like when it comes to providing, provide the emotional and the, the love to, to the people around her. Yeah, I, I feel like I very much agree with that. It's, it's like what attracts me to woman is, is that there's this sort of ease that you get when, when you're around the feminine energy, right? Just that, that love, and, and sort of calmness that you feel when you're around a woman uh, that, 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 I don't know, it gives me a very special feeling. And I feel like I always desire that, you know, because it's a polarity that yeah. attracts each other, right? The masculine always wants the feminine and in reverse, it's the same. Um, so I definitely think like it, that it's important that for, for a part, we also stick to those, um, rules kind of the, the social construction that we have set up around genders, right? 
because yeah. the, like if we look at feminism like it started with with things from Simone de Beauvoir which is a very um she was actually a very um intelligent feminist who was actually like saying that the, the roles of the of the woman was a social construct so that that we are talking about like the woman cooking or having to stay home for the kids right um so she said that it's it's not naturally for the woman to do that but it's it's something that she has been told to do and i i see that it's it's partly true that but also for men like that that they are partly also being told to do certain things um but then i also come to the point that we are dependent on a social construction like that like if we if we focus so much on freedom right now to the point where everybody can be whoever they want to be then we don't have sort of a masculine ideal to look up to because i i feel like that's very essential isn't it yeah like that we have our adonis to look up to right to be like this is the this is the the most superior man that is out there sort of the the masculine ideal that we praise that we will never achieve but that 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 there is a masculine ideal because do, yeah. do you think there is a masculine ideal or is that also something that we have made up well i'm i'm actually kind of religious like i'm a christian so i believe the ultimate uh, masculine ideal for me personally is jesus okay and and what makes him the masculine ideal the way he uh, he carries himself in the world and he chooses to uh, as i said he chooses to help out those who are in need he uh, you know he heals um heals the people who who are blind who have like terrible illnesses and he oftentimes he operates from a place of love but then he can also stand up for himself he can also you know see when people try to fuck him over and so for example there's like this one um there's one scene in the bible where he's in a in a temple and people are like selling stuff in there and he says that's not the way it's supposed to be so he knocks over the tables and he's actually getting kind of aggressive towards these guys so i don't know for me personally as a christian i believe that the ultimate man is, is jesus and that we should strive to be more like him oh i've actually never heard that before as a masculine ideal but but okay. yeah it's, it's very interesting but but then if, if we look at that uh, i see that also a lot of people confuse a masculine ideal with somebody who is purely in the masculine energy so meaning that they can't give love as well but then if we look at jesus he was also very much about healing and community yeah. and love and that's then part of the feminine energy as well right so it's 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 that we kind of strive for that balance of the energies within us and that's what makes us um, whole as a man right yeah Oh, there oh, was the robot was... voice again. again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I hear myself. <laughs> kind of lagging. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's go to another topic then. What do you think about transgender and 13-year-old boys being able to cut their dicks off legally right now? I really don't want to get your show canceled, but I'm just going to say this anyways. <laughs> okay. I personally, I personally think it's complete bullshit. Um, 
we don't allow 13 year old children to buy cigarettes to buy alcohol to make other important decisions in their life but somehow they're allowed to to make decisions about their gender is just off to me especially because during that age i think especially 13 14 15 are years where puberty hits you very hard and you're very confused about yourself about who you are in this world about how you feel and you can't let someone who is in this confused state make 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 decisions right you wouldn't let someone who's suicidal you wouldn't give them a pistol it's just when someone is not in the mental state to make proper decisions based on logic and reason then you shouldn't let them shouldn't let them as I said, may make decisions that affect their lives going into the future. And so I think yeah. like this, this narrative that's being pushed that, you know, yeah, like these, these teenagers should be able to define their gender, whatever. It's like most of the times it's not really their opinion. It's more like a, a thing that they're, um, they're being influenced by society, right? They tell you like, you can be whoever you want to be. And so they just, yeah, they're being pushed even to, to, to be like, okay, I'm in the wrong body. But most yeah. most of these these uh, guys who like do these irreversible surgeries, like little boys of thirteen year olds, like they're just homosexual. And if they would wait until they're eighteen, then they would be more clear about okay, this is who I am, and this is how I feel. But then we we let a kid that's you know not even able to really think for themselves yet, like do an irreversible surgery. Like for for me, I I would even go as far as to say that even the fact that something like surgery is available is even already ridiculous. Yeah. Um, And I definitely think that for some people it's very beneficial uh, because they feel very bad and they really feel like they're in the wrong body. Um, But I feel like right now we are really approaching a limit of like, this is not okay anymore. I think it's, it's, it's going a lot too far way above the limit of, of what is okay and what is not okay. Just yeah. that we are trying to normalize people becoming another gender and then you have to call them a her, even though it's kind of a humanoid robot. Like it's for me, it's, it's so weird. And, and just like even therapists cannot even ask the gender of somebody. And we are saying yeah. that there are more than two genders. It's... Uh, I see there's just a lot of bullshit going on. And and that's that's just the shit with genders, right? Then you also have a lot of other things that are going on. Like lately, I, I've also been very much into nutrition and, and what I think is normal about nutrition. Like, What do you think is a good diet for a human? I think it's a balanced diet that consists all sorts of different, um, like... Like food, like I don't think that, for example, that like these extreme diets like veganism or carnivore diet, where you only eat one certain type of food, that they're very beneficial. I believe we should eat all sorts of different food because they all have like their own nutritional advantages. So, for example, one thing I don't like about the vegan diet, and I, I, I was at a point where I was almost going vegan, but then I realized that you don't really produce testosterone the same way because you need that animal fat. You need that saturated fat for you to produce testosterone. Okay. And the same way you also need carbs to, uh, to give your body energy. So if you only eat like meat or like if you eat like a ketogenic diet, it's not really 
beneficial so far for me personally i believe you should just try to stay to to the basics to like eat the, the natural ingredients and try to get the best of all of these walls okay yeah because because recently like i i've been eating a plant-based diet for about two years now okay. and uh right now i'm moving more towards uh, a fruitarian diet and that's because like i saw a video of um again kind of of the same community of where i was in when i started uh, kind of my spiritual journey at the start um and this guy said that that humans are actually fruitarians so he, he started explaining about that right um and at first he he talked about our nails not being as sharp as as like real meat eaters who can grab their prey right and us not being as fast that our teeth are different um and just there there's so much things that i heard and and i was like damn like this actually is is very true and like then if we look at veganism i think veganism is ridiculous that that people are like eating like yogurt replacements or or things that are made of soy like soy, soy actually has like estrogen in it, right? They will make you more feminine. So then you get these skinny soy boys. I, I think that like the whole vegan lifestyle is, is very ridiculous. But then if we go look at like full like plant-based diets of like fresh fruits, organic stuff, that's good, man. I've been on that diet for a while and, and it really uh, benefits my soul. Okay. And then, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that there is really something wrong with eating meat. Uh, but I just feel for my own body, it's not necessary. Yeah. Um, so it's it's more, I, I base my, my food choice on intuition. I feel like really when you start listening, your body really tells you what it needs. Uh, so sometimes I eat very differently than the previous day because i i feel like my body needs different things like it's kind of tapping into that instinct again right because animals can feel what they need like uh, sort of a, a tiger just seems to know what he what he needs to eat and it's crazy by the way because they they eat like 50 pounds of meat and then they lay around for two weeks eating nothing okay. and then they go eat again like <laughs> that, that's that's how much they eat in once and then they don't eat for a very long time. So it's very crazy. But just, I feel like the, let's say the matrix has just kind of influenced us so much and kind of brainwashed us to the point where there's so many things that are normal now that are being seen as normal, which I don't feel like are normal. You know, like people going to the McDonald's or eating donuts even the fact that we all have cars, like uh, it's just crazy to me for some reason. I, I just can't seem to grasp like how, how crazy our world is turning. Like, like, do you realize that we have fucking billions of miles of, of bricks on the floor, like on the ground, just for, for our fucking cars? Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy to me. I, I can't, I can't grasp that. That we live in like the whole structure that has been created for us. We have a fucking fucking system for school. We have we have the cars. We have we, we have all the signs to follow it. Social media, and it it seems like everything came out of nowhere. Like how many years is it? 
is it ago when we didn't have all that? It's not even that long ago, right? Yeah. So it's it's crazy to see like that that even like the suicide rates we have uh, the depression that's like skyrocketing right now, and and I feel like it's so different uh, from from all those like millions of years before this. I feel like we are in, in some sort of different universe right now. That's how different it is. It's like we are out of the biology right now. Yeah. Out of nature. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I believe that kind of like the best times to live in for humans were like before we had all this industrialization and all these big fucking like evolutions like you know then there was like the internet and like electricity and all that kind of stuff i believe like to a certain degree like evolving as, as the human species is necessary so for example like i said like electricity is something that we need like running water um just just these things that make our lives better but you have to ask yourself when when is it enough or like like whether you draw the line and for example like as you said like all this, all this fast food, all this, this mass production, everything that's like, it's just greedy. It's too much. It's over the top. I think like the, the best way for our society to go is to go back, like to not progress forward, to not, you know, build fucking like spaceships and go like to another planet. I think like, bro, let's, let's focus on planet right now. Let's go back to the roots. Let's try to heal this planet. Right. And like go back to like a more natural way of living and, Actually, I personally want to uh, to raise my kids on a homestead. I want to be able to grow my own food, have my own my own animals. To yeah, uh, self sustaining the am like I think that's the golden way. I think that eventually we we will have to go through like being able to be self sustaining again. Yeah, having your own garden, maybe your own animals. Then then people will be much more conscious. No more fucking bananas from uh, from South Africa, from like the whole different yeah. part of the world that, that will come to your country. Like with the plane or the boat, they transport this into your country. I think exactly, if, yeah. if we if we change the way we deal with food, I think that will have like a very big impact on on the way shit's going right now. Because I've heard uh, that. If you eat an orange right now compared to 20 years ago, it has uh, seven times less nutrition in it. Okay. That's fucking crazy, right? Just the, the yeah. soil is is being put out. It's It has been used too much and now it has no like uh, nutritional value anymore. It's going down and down because it's being used too much. Yeah. But we are with way too many people though. It's crazy. We're eight billion now, right? Yeah. Damn. Well, actually, about that, I don't think that we're necessarily too many. Like that's something I heard Jordan Peterson and Elon Musk talk about. That yeah. everyone's always talking about how overpopulation is kind of like the disease. Overpopulation is the problem. But when you look at it, then actually, we're we're facing human um, like societal collapse because the kind of the pyramids of how how society is going is that because of feminism and because you know women have the choice to uh, to go pursue careers to not have babies anymore 
because of birth control and that kind of stuff, like less children are actually being born. And when you think about it, the kind of like our demographic, um, I don't know how you call it, like the de demographic tables, they kind of go down, like there are less children born. And so what happens if you have less people who are born and then these less people, they they will have less babies, like you kind of facing like extinction. And so I think overpopulation is not necessarily the problem. It's that we we don't have enough people and the enough humans in the future to go fill in all the jobs we need because we'll we'll face like a lot of huge fucking problems as humanity, like with climate change and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you you think that's more of a problem? Because I really think like just even if we would live like a very um in touch with nature life like a very natural life of you know not being with all this technology and electricity and all that i, I think even if we would do that then we are still with way too many people because if we look at nature like the people who eat meat the people who eat a lot or the the animals the organisms if we look at like a, a meat eater like the lion it it's there are not a lot of um, animals like that because they need a lot of food, right? We also need a lot of food, but we are with eight billion. So if we would like really go back to nature, I think we would never be able to sustain ourselves because we are just with too many people. I really think like we would have to go back to even less than one billion. You really think so? Yeah, I, I think we need to like it. It would be best if something like the coronavirus would like kill like half of the people who exist on this planet, I think that would help like with, with all the thing that's going on right now, I think that would help the most just people dying. Okay. It sounds crazy, but I, I really think that that would be a great solution to what's going on. But, but the biggest shift of course, is just changing our lifestyle because we, we are not even like thinking about that right now because the self-improvement niche is is even I think it's even less than than a few million people. That's not even one percent of the population that's working on this. I think. Yeah. No, but you see, as I said, I, I see your point that we that people think we need to become less humans, but as I said, the problem is that we're already slowly becoming less. Like people say that by two thousand fifty, we're gonna be like fourteen billion. It's like the cap for how many humans can be on earth is around like 10 billion and from then on it's actually gonna go down like if you look at uh like the the studies and you look at statistics and you see that for example in in okay not in china not necessarily but like in a lot of countries the birth rates will go down significantly also through like stuff like the modern dating market right like the the black bull and like kind of like the metaverse with its like virtual reality pouring and that kind of stuff like we will become less people and that's will be a problem because we can't sustain our current society like that anymore and you need people who do like jo certain jobs right like if you if you are like very few people you don't have enough people to be like doctors and electricians and uh, cashiers and so i believe we definitely need enough people to sustain our certain our current way of living okay but you you think so so you think that this the our population will naturally decrease at some point i believe we will see that in the next 100 years that 
it will go down significantly. And like what I was saying earlier, I'm not sure about China because they're, they start this free kid policy, but they're men actually facing the same problems as we're facing in the West that you write that the, the dating market is very, it's very weird that a lot of men can't find a wife. And so, you know, when you, when you don't have people who, who marry anymore, who get children, then naturally the population will get smaller. And as I said, then there are, there are blanks in the jobs that we need for, to just keep the society running at a normal level to have like running water, electricity, doctors, that kind of stuff. Okay, but there's there's almost no question of okay, am I gonna be able to reproduce? It's almost like automatic right now that, that people will reproduce one or two children because there is no danger of you dying or something. Right? So that that's what I mean. It's almost impossible for our society to shrink in right now. We cannot like decrease in the amount of people that we have anymore. Because there are so many people and there's no danger for us. Like, like maybe if, if there's some sort of bird in the wild, right, that dies every time because of a predator, eventually it will be extinct and it will not reproduce anymore. We don't have those predators anymore. We are like outside of nature right now. Everybody reproduces almost. Only if you don't want to. But it feels like we will keep growing. That's what it feels like to me. You know, as I said, I don't think that everyone will reproduce because of the current dating market. Like, you know, it's very, it's a very weird place where the dynamics have been thrown off and like not everyone, like there are a lot of lonely men out there who would want to have like a wife who won't want to have children, but they can't simply find a girlfriend, can't find a wife. So I believe that because of these weird dynamics, not everyone's going to reproduce and because that's not going to happen because most women currently are attracted to the top 10% of men, then like naturally it will go down because all these other men, they would want to have children, but they simply can't find someone to do it with. Okay. So, so what, what do you think is going to happen over the next hundred years? Because if I look at the future right now, I just can't imagine what the fuck is going to happen. I think at some point, you know, everything has to be reset. Some coin needs to flip and we need to do it differently. But I just can't imagine with all the innovation that's coming out right now, like over the past 20 years, like this fucking phone that I have here, everybody has a phone. It's only 20 years ago that the shit has been found out. Yeah. So I can't imagine over the next hundred years how crazy shit will change. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I can't predict the future. Like, as you said, like, there is a lot of different innovation that will happen. Like, we don't know if there are actually people who will populate Mars or whatever. But for me, in terms of, like, demographics, I think that there will be a lot of problems when it comes to the dating market and shit. Um, But I also think there will be a lot of, like, also because of technology, right? Like, if you look at, like, the, the metaverse and kind of, like, this virtual reality porn that we will get and, like, that it's not only available to men, but also to women. I think we're going to face a lot of loneliness as humanity if we don't change our current ways and go back to more traditional values when it comes to relationships and uh, families and shit. Okay, and what about technology? Because I'm very scared of AI. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> That's very scary. The, the thought of, of some sort of machine 
being smarter than you. Yeah. Yeah, but like I, I I'm not that much into um into programming that kind of stuff so i don't really know like what we can achieve as humanity with ai but i, I think it's scary but I, as i said i don't know enough about the topic to predict what's going to happen yeah it's the same for me but just just the thought of i think at some point there, there's a great risk that this shit will go drastically wrong and like the entire plan will be wiped out yeah. Yeah, artificial intelligence. That's uh, like more of a step too far for me. Then that's even worse than transgender uh, operation uh, or surgery stuff. Yeah. So, but but I've heard Jordan Peterson say that maybe we can be great friends with artificial intelligence because it can help us in our day to day life. Uh, but I don't really know if I want that. <laughs> you know yeah, <laughs> because it's just too creepy like if, if we have a if we have artificial intelligence that can like sustain itself or that can reproduce to the point where it can innovate things uh yeah <laughs> um, yeah that's just not a, a nice thing to, to think about for me yeah yeah same but I, but i am I don't know if I, I can still find, um, I mean, of course I can still find a few things I can be excited about, about the future, but I think for the biggest part, we, we are facing or will be facing a lot of suffering and change. Yeah. And then after that suffering, maybe something beautiful will emerge again. I believe that's the cycle of life, right? It's like you you heard you know this this quote like hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times. It's like we're currently in that cycle, and I think we're going to the part where it's like the hard times are coming, and after after the hard times, after all the men have become strong, we will build a better society than we have right now. Yeah. So are we in the hard times, or are the hard times coming? Oh, it's lagging again. Oh, yeah, you were lagging. You're back now. Did you hear me? Yeah. Oh, it says that my internet connection is unstable. And <laughs> and our Zoom meeting can end any second. So I will just start a new one and then we will do the last five minutes. Then we'll close it off. Yeah. All right. Or or no, you start a new one, by the way. <laughs> Not me. I can okay. do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh wait, stop recording. Do you have some last words that you want to share before uh before we close off this episode? Um, put in the hard work. Um work towards your purpose. Do all the good habits, stay healthy. Yeah, that's really my message. Heal your traumas. We talked about that. And try to become the best, most masculine man you can be to take care of your family. Yeah. And do you, do you have any books that can help with that? You already talked about that one book at the start. Do you have more book recommendations that like changed your life? Um, 
that's not related to the the topic we're talking about right now but like how to win friends and influence people was a good book that definitely um helped me um the magic of thinking big is, is a good one um well we talked about uh what's it called the way of the superior man and yeah. just the books we talked about in this episode about trauma I believe they are all great yeah for me it's uh it's these books from uh this author dr gabor matei yeah no yeah he's great he's uh he's very knowledgeable about trauma it's a very calm guy yeah that, that for me that's been the most influential books uh and also uh can't hurt me from david goggins oh yeah that's great as well oh that's the fucking ultimate masculine warrior guy <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah he's golden uh okay so w- where can people find you if they want to stay in touch with you um so you can check out my youtube channel it's just the same name that you can see on screen right now julian birch um yeah you can add me on discord it's linked on my channel that's that's pretty much it yeah all right well thank you for for this episode it was very nice to talk to you yeah my pleasure